Quien no tiene su casa es vecino de todo el mundo. One who has no home is a neighbor to the entire world. Welcome. Burun. Bienvenidos. Baruch haba. Welcome to El Ponte, the Ladino podcast about bridging cultures and cultivating connections. My name's Ivy. And my name is Max. And we are so excited to welcome you to our introductory episode of our podcast. For clarity's sake, El Ponte literally means the bridge in Ladino. So if you speak Spanish, you know, El Puente, or Italian, it would be Il Ponte. In Ladino, it's El Ponte. So, Max, do you want to start with a quick, succinct definition of Ladino? What is Ladino? Sure. So Ladino is the diasporic language of Sephardic Jews. And Sephardic Jews are Jews who were expelled and descended from those from Spain and Portugal. And so this language is known by many different names. It's also known as Judeo-Spanish, Judesmo-Spanol. But in essence, it's a Romance language um, based on Old Spanish, and it has lots of Hebrew, Portuguese, Arabic, Turkish, Greek, French, Italian, and other languages in it. Um, but more or less, modern Spanish speakers will understand about 80 to 90 percent of it. Historically, the language was written in Hebrew characters, but recently, in the past hundred years or so, it's been written in Latin letters, the, the Latin alphabet. Like English, for example. Yeah. Okay. Um, with a little bit different spelling than, than modern Spanish. Um, the language really developed after 1492, when Jews were forcibly expelled from Spain. Um, and in that diaspora, they went to North Africa, Western Europe, and the Ottoman Empire. So what today is Turkey and Greece, uh, Egypt, and Bulgaria. And so in the diaspora, these Jews were speaking all different dialects of, of Spanish, and they kind of came together to form this kind of singular language. And it really was the everyday, daily language of Jews across this whole region. You know, they lived in it, they prayed in it. They wrote folk songs, and they made proverbs. Um, they wrote fiction, and they wrote newspapers. Um, it was really the everyday language of life and, and community. The quotidian language. Mm-hmm. And, but today, because of language assimilation, because of war and genocide, uh, the language is in serious threat of endangerment and really extinction. And we're really witnessing the last generation of native speakers pass away. But having said that, there are many efforts of preservation mm -hmm. and engagement with this language, including this podcast, <laughs> um, in community and artistic and academic settings. Um, so that's a little bit about the language and the culture. And as the podcast progresses, we'll get more into it. Um, but I want to toss it over to Ivy to tell us about this podcast in particular. Yeah. So the point of this podcast is really to bridge cultures and cultivate connections, as the title suggests, through Ladino as the foundation. So Ladino, as we mentioned, is a diasporic language, right? So its foundation is in Spanish, but it pulls from all of these different cultures and languages. And from my personal lens, it gives a linguistic place for people who don't necessarily have a geographical one. So one of the beautiful things of diasporic languages is that often they draw from a plethora of cultures, regions, countries, and traditions. So while language in many ways can be divisive and used as a means to oppress or erase, um, diasporic languages act in some way as a means to create connection amongst disconnected people. 
Um, we see this especially, you know, now even with a lot of indigenous communities reclaiming their languages that were wiped out through colonization and through even residential schools, for example, you know, where linguistic extermination was a very big deal. And so we're seeing that in a lot of different areas. And so we're really excited to explore themes of diaspora, community, place, and linguistic transmission and and beyond. So one thing is that we want to keep this language alive and we want to make it thrive, right? So the point is to keep it alive and to keep stories and memories alive. It's to hold our ancestors in the present and make voices heard, voices that were often lost or placed in the shadows, especially as Sephardic Jews and Ladino speakers were often marginalized and not necessarily the voices that were heard by the masses. So we're super excited to share this podcast with you and to be sharing stories from all over the world from people who have held on to this linguistic tradition through the centuries and who have held their ancestors and a sense of home through their voices. And, you know, ultimately to connect the Ladino experience with other experiences of diasporic and marginalized communities through language as the bridge, language and storytelling as the bridge, really, we can create peace because where there's community, And where there's connection, there's opportunity for peace. And I think there's so much division in so many different facets of life and language and and everything, really, in the world. Um, That I think this this time and this place, it's, it's perfect for El Ponte to exist and to hopefully be the bridge or be a bridge for culture and community and connection. Yeah, it's this wonderful thing about a diasporic language and dispersion really bringing us together, actually, totally. rather than apart. Totally. Uh, so I kind of love that, that tension. Um, yeah, so now we're going to talk a little bit about ourselves and, and interview each other a bit um, to explain to you who we are and how we got here and, you know, what Ladino means to us. Ivy, I'll ask you first. Like, how did you get here? Um, well, I took the 405. No, just kidding. Um, we are in Los Angeles. We're, yes, LA-based. So I really love languages, and I and I feel that, like I said, languages and storytelling are a means to bridging cultures and, and, and a way to create communicative connectivity. So I personally come from a multi-ethnic and multi-religious family and home. Um, I'm Spanish, Egyptian, Portuguese, Belarusian, and have family from Brazil, but I was raised Um, super Spanish through and through. So my grandpa was a native Ladino and Spanish speaker, and he spoke primarily Ladino in his household growing up. They spoke actually many types of Spanish, including Ladino. So he was a native Ladino speaker. um, And And he was from New York. Yeah, so he, yeah, so he was, yeah, Bronx. (laughs) <laughs> Bronx bread, That's right? Specify. Bro- yeah, yeah. My grandma too. I'm from the Bronx, so you know, she's very Bronx, proud, loud and proud. I didn't grow up speaking Ladino. We grew up speaking Spanish in my household and English, um, and then ultimately just English. So, really, I didn't come into Ladino until very recently, until a couple of years ago, actually, when I started doing the Spanish citizenship process. Um, beyond citizenship, like why I started learning the language was so that I could 
um, speak it with my grandpa and keep that alive for him because he didn't really have any, you know, all of his siblings passed away. He didn't have anyone to speak it with in when he was alive. And unfortunately, he he passed at the beginning of, of COVID, um, of the pandemic. But that's really why I started learning the language and um, was really excited to have this connection. I was very, cl- very close with my grandpa. And he's just the best, best person. He's so funny, full of life, full of laughter, full of, you know, would... <laughs> start bursting out into, like, Spanish opera in very inappropriate <laughs> places. Real party guy. Yeah, <laughs> the funniest. But so that's who I really started to learn the language for. Um, unfortunately, I, you know, I've, I'm still learning the language, but I, I, he's no longer around to, to speak it with, but I feel like it's a really beautiful way um, to, to, you know, hold tribute for him. So that's another aspect of of the importance of this language for me in a in a, on a, in a personal way mm-hmm. I wanted to learn more and so I ended up I met you through UC Ladino conference um, I reached out I said I want to learn Ladino it doesn't seem like there's a, a huge pool of resources to do so and you very generously invited me to your Ladino club and then kind of our friendship built from there mm-hmm. and um, my my connection with the language really grew and my passion for the language really grew. And Ladino is very personal for me because I feel like, you know, I I really love languages. I I have a master's in Italian studies. I I think language is fascinating and it's really, it's like a microscope into a a multiverse, if that's a funny mm-hmm. thing to say, but it's true. Um, and it's a way to communicate. And I think, again, communication is the key to peace um, and community, compet- everything. So um, as I said, I come from a multi-ethnic and multi-religious back- background. And a lot of different, there are a lot of different components to my lens, to my experience and how I view life. And, you know, I was raised super Spanish, but I I have all of these different parts to me and parts to my life experience. And Ladino somehow feels like a language that I relate to in my blood, in my bones, in my being. Because as Max really explained so beautifully, it has so many different facets to it, has so many different languages to it, has so many different experiences and cultures and countries, and and it's kind of this this place for people who don't necessarily have one. So Ladino, in a sense, has become my place, my sense of home, um, linguistically speaking. And so that's that's who I am. That's how I feel really at home in this language. And and I feel like I have a sense of place with this language. And I'm so excited to, you know, create, I guess, not create, but to promote a renaissance of this language and to be a part of the movement to really help it thrive and flourish and maybe have other people realize that they have connection to it as well or a connection to their own ancestral languages that they didn't necessarily know about or are just coming to and feel called to and and feel feel a sense of 
home and place, especially people who come from, you know, multi backgrounds, multi-faceted mm-hmm. backgrounds. So that's me. <laughs> yeah, thanks. You're welcome. What about you, Max? Tell us about you. Yeah, so I am a PhD student uh, studying Sephardi history. Uh, so the people I study and the community I study and the documents I work with are in Ladino. So it's very much an academic intellectual interest. But like Ivy, at the same time, I have a familial personal connection My father is a native speaker of Ladino. He was born and raised uh, in Salonika in Greece. Um, And we'll we'll talk more about that city and about that history in a future episode. So unlike Ivy, Ladino was kind of a part of my life from the very beginning, but only in a very small way. My father, my mother didn't speak Ladino. And my father didn't really, I didn't hear him speak it with anybody else, but I would hear a couple of phrases, maybe a song, and maybe a couple prayers in Ladino. But I wasn't taught it. I didn't know Spanish, so I didn't have any entry to it. And even though I grew up in a very Jewish community and went to Jewish schools and summer camps and kind of the whole, the whole deal, there was very little about Ladino or the people that speak Ladino in that culture. So it was always very strange. This felt something very close to me and very close to my identity, but I didn't see it anywhere. And that's kind of what led me to my studies, is I wanted to explore this and and discover more that wasn't taught to me. Um, And then, like Ivy said, uh, for a while I ran this club called UC Ladino, which is a play on UCLA, which is, which is where I'm a student, um, which we led little Ladino classes and we have a conference every year. And Ivy just sent me an email saying, I want to learn Ladino. Can I, what do you guys do? Big nerd. <laughs> Big nerd. <laughs> and like in the spirit of this podcast, and I think, you know, the spirit we want to convey about this language is it's open. So... I told Ivy, like, yeah, come. You know, whoever you are, if you're interested, come come and learn. And that's a really big uh, pull um, to me for this podcast and in general is, you know, Ladino has so many different things. It's accreted over the centuries that I really think it's open. There's so many pathways to entry. And like Ivy was saying, it, I mean, we call it a Jewish language, but it's so many different things. It's not you know, Jews are the primarily the ones who speak it, but Sephardic Jews in particular. Yeah, yeah. Sephardic Jews. But wherever they went, the community, the people around them s- s- learned some too, um, non-Jews. And so when I think about Ladino, I think about Span- I think about Muslim Spain and Christian Spain, and I think about you know the Islamic Ottoman Empire, and I think about you know Christian Greece and Armenians and and Kurds and Turks um, and Spaniards and Arabs um, and Bulgarians and, and uh, Roma people, everybody in that part of the world, all those little bits and pieces are in Ladino somewhere. And I kind of love that discovery process that, you know, we think such separate groups, but really, you know, we're merging and blending and, and yeah. bumping into each other all the time. One last thing about what draws me to Ladino 
is that connection to ancestors. Mm. And for me, in particular, on my father's side, he survived the Holocaust as a young child, and so much of his family um, were murdered. And so I kind of have this, you know, loss of this huge Ladino-speaking family that I never met. And so for me, it's kind of, well, I wish I had that. I'm, so this is my way of trying to connect with that and trying to build it um, with people like Ivy and hopefully our listeners. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so, yeah, I'm so excited to be doing this with you, especially because I feel like we come from very different, lens. like we have very different lenses, but we also have so much in common and have this shared excitement for the legacy of the language and, and, for, and for making it into an inclusive experience for everyone, regardless of race, ethnicity, gender, religion, whatever, regardless of anything. It's if you're interested or or feel drawn, we invite you to be a part of our exploration. So it's it's really exciting. And also another thing I want to say is, you know, Max, you come from a very academic side of things as well as the personal side of things and th- which is part of the reason I, I finagled you into <laughs> joining this podcast yeah. with me so thank you for thank you for succumbing um but I also want to just mention that this the point also of this podcast is to create a, a casual conversational experience with, yeah. with the language and and culture and and you know, information surrounding what we're talking about. So I don't come from, you know, I have whatever. I, I went a little, a little bit through academia, but um, I'm not in the academia world at all and I'm just, just interested in things. And I think a lot of people are also interested in things, um, Ladino or otherwise. And so we do really want to make sure that this is a, a casual. Yeah, and an open and yeah. free resource for people yeah. to learn because there are not a lot of resources and, and places to learn about this language, let alone learn it yeah. itself. We're excited to be the first Ladino yeah. podcast, but hopefully the first of many. Hope, mm-hmm. You know, hopefully it inspires other people to um, explore and adventure as well. So yeah. what's to come? Yeah, so we have... <laughs> Already a great slate of guests it's coming true. up. It's true. So excited. Let's talk a little bit about our our first guest that yeah. we have coming up. But 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 first, I'd like to say like themes. Like yeah. our themes, we're going to talk about diaspora. We're going to talk about exile. We're going to talk about language and linguistic joy and, and music, music and food. Oh, food. <laughs> and, that might and, be hard. And also we'll mysticism, which is like pretty cool and like interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Lots of. Um, and then also, of course, other other cultures and other communities that are that are working on revitalizing their own um, languages that yeah. have have kind of hit the endangered slash extinct yeah. zone. And building our own bridges to those yeah. other cultures and people. So our first guest that we have coming up is very special, near and dear to our hearts, because he is who is he, Max? my father, Isaac Daniel, and, you know, you'll hear more about that next episode. Very exciting. Where can you find us? So you can reach us 
um, by email at elpontepodcast at gmail.com. That's or, E-L-P-O-N-T-E podcast. Or El Ponte podcast on Instagram. We're very hip. Yeah. <laughs> and as you may have remembered at the beginning of this episode, we began with a refrain or kind of a proverb, um, which are, you know, very popular across Sephardi Jews. Um, and so we'll end with the, with the same one. Quien no tiene su casa es vecino de todo el mundo. One who has no home is a neighbor to the entire world. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.